So it has now been officially six months in Rwanda, and in this episode I'll be sharing some of the things I've learned over the course of this time. Before we get into that, I should update you on my golden monkey trekking as my last episode was recorded the day before my trip. To be honest, when Sophia suggested doing golden monkey trekking, I was looking forward to it, but I was not super excited to do it. I was more excited to be doing a road trip up with her and Alexa to Musanze. My thought was, I've already done chimpanzee trekking. This can't be much different. Well, I was completely wrong. First of all, the golden monkey trekking is in a completely different setting. The area of Musanze, which is where the golden monkey trekking is, is widely considered the most beautiful area in Rwanda, as there are five volcanoes in the area. This was my first time seeing a volcano, which was pretty cool, and in the future I'd like to hike one of them. Secondly, while golden monkey trekking, you can get very close to them, to have a front row seat to see how they move, interact, and behave. You get so close to them that you can accidentally step on their tail, which the park ranger told us could cause problems. The park ranger that led our group was not too fond of me. There were two things he scolded me for. Firstly, for trying to hand one of the monkeys a leaf, and secondly, for lowering my mask to smile in a photo. I think when monkeys see teeth, they feel endangered. So I can understand why the park ranger was angry. Both a little stupid to do. Another difference to the chimpanzee tracking was the number of monkeys around. With the chimpanzees, there were about 15, whereas the golden monkeys were about 100. So they were everywhere you looked. They are much smaller primates, being around 40 to 60 pounds. So being in a bigger group is probably safer for them. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this experience. Something I did not enjoy was the bus ride back home. Instead of taking a bus and backtracking to Kigali, then to Nyanza, which would have taken about five or six hours, some locals advised me to take another route, which they claimed to be faster. It was not. I had to switch buses four times, and the bus would stop at every little village to pick people up. One of the buses I got on was the size of a minivan, and they packed in 14 of us. Growing up, I had a Toyota Sienna van, and the record I could fit in there was probably 10, so they beat that by four. I was crammed in the back corner of the van with my head tilted against the window and roof to fit. Luckily, that bus was the shortest segment of the trip, and in the end, the trip back home took me about eight hours. Since that trip, I've had a stretch of time settling into daily life and routine. I'll work Sunday to Thursday, then on weekends head up to Kigali. The odd weekend, I'll stay in Gatagara and head to Nianza to use a swimming pool. Once I arrive in Kigali, I almost always immediately head to the golf course. I'm really enjoying the golf. It is a great activity that is outside where I'm disconnected for a few hours. My game is very inconsistent as I'm only able to play about once a week. One week I'll score low 90s, the next in the low 100s. My putting is really holding me back. The first few times at the course I played alone, which is something I had never done before, but I really enjoyed it. I was able to get in the flow and also just mind wander. Though when my mind wandered too much, my game would often worsen. So it was interesting to find that balance. Now I've met a couple other people at the course and I have some other people to play matches with which is also fun because it brings out my competitiveness. Slowly but surely, my crew in Kigali has grown. 
Since usually I only come up for one night, I have to decide who I'm going to spend it with. The last six months have been quite the adventure. As with any real adventure, there have been some ups and some downs. My highlights so far have been the wildlife I've seen, sitting courtside at the Basketball Africa League Finals and finding amazing restaurants in Kigali. These are often the stories I tell, but it's the lows that I'm grateful for the most, as it's a test of my character and an opportunity for growth. With the circumstances I've been brought up in, I've lived a very privileged, smooth, safe life. So this adventure has been my first test of real adversity. Never in my life have I had a period where I've felt such a range of emotions. I used to think that I was physically unable to cry. But being out here, I've cried multiple times and pretty much every time I've written a podcast episode. But with a stoic and optimistic mindset, I'm able to get through it. As a middle child, I've always had someone around me. My friend Gabe would tell you that I even struggle to be alone, that I always have to be with someone. And I would agree with him. But here, I've had to get used to being alone. While in Kigali, I've had some very lonely nights in hotel rooms, wishing I could just sit with family or friends just to feel their energy in the room. I have many video calls in a week with family and friends, but there's nothing quite like being in the same room as someone. One loner activity I've gotten really comfortable with is going to restaurants by myself. At first, I felt weird doing it, but now I enjoy having time to think and reflect while eating a delicious meal. One of my favorite things to do at a restaurant is watch parents deal with their kids. It always makes me think about my parents, of how they had to deal with Jack, Kate, and I as expats in Mozambique, and it brings a smile to my face. As I've mentioned on previous episodes, this experience has really brought me closer with my parents as I can better relate to them. There are still times I question whether I made the right decision to be out here in Rwanda. No time more than about a month ago when I heard the news of my grandmother, who we would call Nanny, had passed away. The only other major death I've had to deal with is my other grandmother, but I was 12 when that happened, so I didn't know how to deal with that properly. This one was tough. When I heard the news, all I wanted to do was give my dad a hug, but I couldn't because I was all the way across the world. The next few days were dark for me. My energy levels were low, and in times with others where I would usually bring a positive outlook, I was unable to. Something that has really helped me get through this time was a call with my cousin, Ian. He mentioned that Nanny had grandchildren on almost every continent of the world, and that's how she would have wanted it. Nanny was quite the traveler. She would always tell me how glad she was that she lived and visited so many places instead of just staying in Nova Scotia like her siblings did. So her legacy has helped me with that question of being in Rwanda. Regardless of what I face, this is a personal adventure I must continue on. Us McDonald's, we are roamers, and as our clan motto goes, per mer per terras, which means by sea, by land. Though Nanny may be gone, her legacy lives on through me and the rest of her children and grandchildren. Much love, Coos.